Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Locatora Radio. Welcome to season three of Locatora Radio, Porcasteras Peligrosas, because Fem Revenge has never sounded so sweet. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella archiving the brilliance and legacies of women and femmes of color. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. And we are Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit. Las Locatoras of Locatora Radio. A radiophonic novella. Which is really just a very extra way of saying... A podcast. It's a podcast, and we love our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So last time on Locatora Radio, Capitulo 55, La Diabla, we talked about the narrative of she-devils and... Malvadas. Malvadas. <laughs> <laughs> and Malvadas in media. I'm like, what word is this? As always, Locatora Radio. We record at Radio Espacio, a community radio station hosted at Espacio 1839 in Boyle Heights. Thank you for joining us once again. Also, special shout out to Radio Espacio, Espacio 1839. We have new mics. <gasps> 
And they sound amazing. I'm sure in the past you've noticed that it picks up a lot. You can hear the cars going by. So hopefully you won't hear that this time. Yeah. So once again, thank you, Espacio1839. Thank you, Espacio. Thank you, Radio Espacio. Make sure you check them out on Instagram. Yes. So we have a full capítulo for y'all today. We have a guest. We have lots to talk about. So we're just going to jump right into announcements. And we have our first pop-up of 2019. Very exciting. Our first pop-up ever. Yeah, really really. ever. We're late on the pop-up train, but we're going to do it with our own little spin, our own little twist. So at uh, Mocajete Dominguero coming up, February 10th, La Plaza del Cultura y Artes, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. What are we doing? We are having the Mejor Sola pop-up. I loved you, but I love me more. So we need everybody in the L.A. area, anybody who's a locamor, who's ever had their heart broken, who's a little pissed off because of an ex. (laughs) If that sounds like you, come out to Mocajete Dominguero, um, February 10th. Come to the Mejor Sola pop-up. Yes. It's going to be like an interactive sort of pop-up. We're going to have merch, but we want you to bring items that maybe remind you of an ex. Or maybe gifts that your ex gave you that you're ready to part with, that you're ready to let go. Maybe some old love letters that an old flame wrote in desperation. Yeah. Fotos y recuerdos. Exactly. But ones maybe that you want to get rid of. Yes, ones that you want to get rid of. I was just telling Mama the other day, I was going through you know sorting through things and i found like all these old love letters that some <gasps> random person that was pursuing me gave them to me back in college yes and i threw them all away and mala was like you should have held on to them yes but i was ready to part ways so if you still have your stuff and you want to part ways with it you're ready to let it go bring it to our mejor sola pop-up we're gonna have um ways to dispose of them fun ways cute ways cute ways more to be revealed more to, re- to be revealed and we also have a um selfie station a self-love selfie station we're gonna leave it at that so you can come and check it out in the flesh in person yes 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 i have some old love letters that this guy um hand wrote to me and mailed to me when i was in college but like they were written out of desperation and i've held on to them because my 19 year old self i was like you know what i might need these one day (laughs) (laughs) so i've kept them so i'm gonna be bringing my old shit that i want to get rid of it's gonna be a community yes we're also gonna be participating as well yes so uh that's the mejor sola pop-up then also very exciting we have the la made series with the los angeles public library coming up uh you want to talk more about that yeah so as a part of la made series with the la public library we are partnering with local libraries to do our latinx text podcasting 101 workshops are going to be free and open to the public Um, we're going to be starting at ben franklin library here in boyle heights and will be throughout la county and that's all going to lead up to a special event in the fall yeah so come on out come on out uh keep an eye on our socials on our instagram for more information so we're so excited to announce a new segment a new reoccurring segment called Unya Vision. Unya Vision is our newest little addition to our Locatora repertoire. Yes. So we just want to highlight our nail art, you know, and see what mood we're in, what inspired it. If we went anywhere special, we want to shout out a nail artist, a nail yes. tech, you know, so just another way to just sort of highlight our expression. So what are your nails like this week? Yosa? Okay, so my nails are a little off brand because I actually have the stiletto nails and <gasps> I always have the coffin right. and drag me for this. I do not care, but my partner actually um, likes the stiletto. So he asked me if my next set could be stiletto. 
stiletto. So I said, okay, you know, I'll try it. And I like it, but it just doesn't feel like me. Sure. You know, so I'm going to give these a run for a few weeks and then I'll go back to the coffin. But... That's literally the the main reason I did it. Yeah, and they look great. They look really cute. I like them. Um, shout out to my nail tech. Her she goes by Retro Nails on Instagram, and she owns her own beauty collective called Whittier Beauty Collective. Latina run. The nail techs are Latina. The women that do hair are also Latinas. So it's really you know I like to support. Absolutely, that's cute. Yeah, and I've been going to her for a few months now since. Um, Locatora Live, like a little bit before then. Shout out. And I'm actually, I'm doing the coffin nail this time. I know. I've got the coffin and we're both doing flex. Yes. I was inspired by Diosa. I got mine after she got hers. And I wanted, I was going for like an iridescent fish, like a mermaid tail. That's how I feel. They look very like galactic-y. Yes, 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 yes. That was my goal. So yeah, I hope you liked our nail. (laughs) This has been Unia Vision. Yes. So what do we have coming up next, Diosa? All right. So we are bringing back Oye Locas. Everyone's favorite segment. Right. My favorite segment. Yes. Next to Unia Vision now. (laughs) (laughs) My new favorite segment. Okay, so this question um, was submitted via Instagram, and it says, how was it first sharing y'all's baby slash art, whether it has been this podcast or articles you've written? Ooh, how has it been? Yes. How um, was it the first time sharing it? I think we were ex- we were excited. We were excited. We were very excited. I think we knew that what we were doing was very us. It was something we loved. Yeah. We, were, we, we weren't hesitant to put it out. No. Um, I think we were very, uh, we've talked about this before, but we were very methodical about um, putting it out. So we, it, you know, we, the idea came to us literally in July. Um, I asked Mala if she would do the podcast with me. In September, we plotted and right. November it was released. So it was months of keeping it on the low. The mommies didn't know. Nobody knew what we were doing. Nobody knew. Um, and that's just really our way of doing things is we keep things very on the low until we're ready to launch it. That's just our style. Um, and when we put it out, like people were really excited and oh, yeah. Latina Rebel shared it and other podcasts shared it. And we knew that we were onto something once we shared it. Yeah. You know, it was like our self-titled, like yeah. we just dropped it. Nobody had any idea. There were no we hints. Beyonce'd it. We beyonce it. So, <laughs> you know, um, no, it was cute. I think that, um, you know, people were so supportive at the beginning that that yeah. also helped us to really just keep going and right. see the value in what we were doing. There is something about positive like affirmation from yeah. your community that really motivates you to keep creating. Right. Well, actually, I don't know if we've shared this, but the intention of the podcast was actually just going to be monthly. So mm. we were only going to do one capitulo a month. And then when we saw folks' responses, we were like, oh no, this has to be bi-monthly. The we people want more. more. <laughs> give the people what they want. They want more. You know, <laughs> Give the fans what they want. Give the fans what they want. Talk about talk about our biggest fan. Who? My partner? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the oh public God. needing more. Right, right, right. Okay, so us. my boo is our fact checker, right? Yes. And he'll listen and he'll be like, um, actually, he's the one that he's the one that told us that Miguel is not from not from I don't know where Mala said. I don't know. I made some shit out of. He, I made up facts Mala said about he's Miguel. He's from Santa Monica, and he said no, he's from San Pedro. He's a harbor boy, so y'all need to go and correct that. So he's our fact checker. He'll tell us like, hey, this capitulo was really good. I think that it was a little short. You should have done more. <laughs> That's what he'll tell us. He was constructive like, feedback. He's our fact checker. It was great. He's, yeah. He was like, the content is too good yeah. for it to be this short. Right, we right, need right. more positive affirmation. We need more content. <laughs> so thank you for that. Next question. Um. What are some topics you're excited to talk about this year? So um, 
last year we went to the Facebook Ignite and Inspira sessions with other Latinx creators. And we actually met Paulina of Supermamas and they're OG podcasters. Yes. And she actually gave us the tip. She was so nice to share like something that they do is they break their capital or I'm sorry, they break their season up into quarters. So we borrowed that, borrowed that idea. And what you're going to see this year for Locatora is that we're going to be very thematic. So we're, we broke our, capi, our season up into quarters. So this is Loca Epistemology Quarter. Right. And you'll see what the next quarter is. And that'll be a surprise. Yes. Uh, so I think something I'm excited to talk about is what our guest is bringing after our song break. Yes. I'm premature as always, but that's what I'm <laughs> excited to talk about. Yes. And what else? I think, you know, any conversations having to do with, with Loca Epistemologies, they're going to be good. They're going to yeah. be fun. I'm excited to revisit our original canon. Right. This is like what we created, right? Like mm-hmm. our original content is Loca Epistemologies. So we're going to revisit that and that's going to be cute. Yes. Uh, next question. I know y'all are queens, but any resolutions? No. Absolutely not. Never. What do I need to change about myself? (laughs) Okay, no, seriously. What are you implying? Seriously, okay. What is, we're at the end of January, right? What is a resolution you're willing to share with our locamores? (laughs) I guess my resolution, my resolution is to like, maybe like not be a hot mess. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's my resolution every year. Every year. I get a little less messy every year. You incrementally. I've, I've seen you grow. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for validating me. Yes. 100%. I think that there you, you have go. grown. I appreciate you see that. You hear that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Straight from Diosa's mouth. Right. How about how about you? Okay, so this is like a TMI, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> Bring it. Okay, so when this is going to something that we're going to talk about actually for look epistemologies next time, um, a preview, but a resolution for me is to actually like masturbate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because there's something about survivors actually masturbating and feeling pleasure, you know, for themselves, not from another partner, but actually, you know, pleasing themselves. Right. And it's actually not something that I do. And whether that be consciously or subconsciously, I'm not sure, but I think that's something I want to explore this year with myself as like self-care. Oh yeah. That's a great resolution. You know? So yeah. No, you know what? My resolution <laughs> is actually laser hair removal. Oh, same. That's the one. That's same. the one. But that, the masturbation one is a dope resolution. Yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't even started, but you know, okay, uh, eventually. That's the one resolution that like you cannot fail at right. that resolution. <laughs> Okay, well, I you know mean, what I mean. Like we're at the end of January, and I still haven't. So I mean, we'll see how this year goes. That is so funny to me. I love it. Yeah, good resolution. Thank you, girl. Love it. Um, okay, so a quick word from our sponsors. So as you know, we have teamed up with Therapy for Latinx, amazing resource for the community. Um, we are happy to shout out Therapy for Latinx. They use the latest technology to make it as easy as possible for people to find therapists, life coaches, emergency mental health centers, and free or low-cost community clinics. Here at Locatora Radio, we are all about the glow up, which includes going to therapy, talking about me- mental health candidly, and just trying to live your best life. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, Diosa and I, we both highly recommend go online, go on Instagram, check out Therapy for Latinx, check out their online database, find some mental health resources near you. So, 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 very exciting. I'm really excited to announce we are bringing on a very special guest onto the podcast for an interview. Yes. 
So we are really excited to invite or to introduce our next guest, Councilwoman Nuri Martinez from Council District 6. Um, She has just recently been elected as President Pro Tempore of the LA City Council. And as Councilwoman, she is champion of bringing basic services of city government to the often underserved communities she represents. As one of the only two women elected out of 18 L.A. city offices, she is the first Latina to ever hold a leadership position on the city council. At City Hall, Councilwoman Martinez leads the council on major initiatives such as fighting human trafficking, empowering women, and reducing the negative impact of those who would pollute our environment. Councilwoman Martinez was elected to the L.A. city council on July 23rd, 2013 in a special election and was reelected in 2015. In addition to serving as the president pro tem of the council, she is the chair of the Energy, Climate Change, and Environmental Justice Committee and vice chair of the Transportation Committee. She is also a member of the Immigrant Affairs, Civil Rights, and Equity Committee and Public Works and Gang Reduction Committee, as well as a graduate of San Fernando High School and California State University, Northridge. She and her her husband, Jerry, live in the Sun Valley with their daughter, Isabel. So after our song break, we're going to bring on Nuri Martinez and have a little chat. And we love a valley girl. We love a valley girl. Not the men. Not the men. Just only the, the women. women. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Orcasteras peligrosas. So welcome back. That was our song break. And now here with us at Radio Espacio, we're very excited to introduce Councilwoman Nuri Martinez. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's nice to see you ladies again. Last time we saw each other was almost a year ago, right? You guys uh, femseed our event for our International Women's Day. So it's nice to see you guys are still doing good work. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we're really excited to have you on the show and to have, I know that it's also um, Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Isn't that a shame that we have to have a Human Trafficking yes. Awareness Month to right. make people aware that it's a crisis, an epidemic in our country, that we need to teach adults mm-hmm. that it's plain wrong to right. traffic any human being mm-hmm. anywhere yeah. in the world. You know? Absolutely. And we're so happy that you're here to talk with us about this specific issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners, um, some of whom are out of state or international, a little bit about yourself, your office, the 6th District. Well, I'm a Valley girl, uh, born and raised in the Valley. I actually grew up in Pacoima. Um, I was born in North Hollywood, and at the age of six, my parents bought their first home in Pacoima, and we moved. And so I grew up in in the community of Pacoima. My mother still lives there. My father passed away about two years ago. But my sister and my mom still live in Pacoima. They've never wanted to leave. It's where we Mm -hmm. call home. And I currently live in the community of Sun Valley, which is literally about 
three, five minutes away right, yeah. from my folks. Um, and my husband is also from, from Pacoima. His parents moved to Silmar, which is another five minutes away right. north. So this is what we call home when we decided to stay and um, try to improve some of the, um, the, the needs of the community that we grew up with. Pacoima and the Northeast Valley historically have been um, an area where we've always felt that we've sort of been dumped on. So, for example, some of the largest landfills in the entire city are located in my neighborhood. So mm. most, some of the most of the city's trash ends up in our backyards. A lot of the auto dismantlers, a lot of the junkyards, everything that no one else wants sort of ended up in, this, in, in these neighborhoods. Yeah, sure. and, and for generation after generation, you have entire families growing up across the street from this. So I got really involved at a really young age. I think I was in high school. And we just had a teacher strike that yeah. that finally got settled this week. But as a high school student, I was very involved with the first strike in 1989 that I've ever lived through mm. uh, as a product of LAUSD. And so I became really um, involved in what I consider my home. And why is it that my neighborhoods look so much different than the west side of the valley? Right. It's like comparing yeah. apples to oranges. We call ourselves valley people, but there's two valleys, to be honest with you. The valley yeah. where uh, everything that no one else wanted ends up in, and then the valley where you know you have nice homes and manicured lawns and better schools. And, and there is, there's a tale of two cities right yeah. there. And so we just um, my district um, entails the communities of Van Nuys, Lake Balboa, Panorama City, Arlita, uh, North Hills and Sun Valley, which is where I live. And so it's kind of like, you know, centered. Um, yeah. It's smack in the middle of the valley. Well, it's so great to hear that you're from the valley and that now you're the councilwoman for your district that you grew up in. Yeah. So often I feel like Latinas, especially now that we're, we're getting our degrees, we leave our communities and then we don't go back. Right. Right. So you know, if we're not reinvesting in our communities, you know, who, who is there to make it better, right? Right, who? but we also have to lead by example. And I think for my career, for example, I think there's a really negative connotation about politicians, what they do, how they ascend to power. A lot of people feel out of touch with their own elected officials. And so I think it's really important that when you run, um, you have some real roots so that people know who you are. People know where I live and mm-hmm. people know where my parents live. And so if I'm not doing a good job, someone's going to call my mom. Sure. <laughs> That's sure. usually how it works. Or they end up knocking on my doorstep, you know, in the middle of dinner saying, hey, uh, wow. we need X, Y, and Z. And so, but it's good. I mean, people should know where you live. My my kid plays across the street from our neighborhood park. So we interact with our local neighborhood. We go to public schools. And so it's, it's a good thing for us to see people, um, to relate to people, we're people just like everyone else. And we've got the same issues. I'm grappling with the same issues in my neighborhood as my neighbor. And so it's up to me to try to fix that. But to also, you're right, I think so many of us usually get lured by, you know, by school and that's great you want to go to school but sometimes it's it does it does make a difference when those people come back mm-hmm. and they model for the gener- the younger generations that you too can leave the community and you too can come back and be a positive role model yeah Absolutely. i agree and speaking of community issues and things that might be affecting residents of the valley uh we're here talking again about human trafficking is this something that we see really affecting the communities out in your district yeah it's a real tragedy and i think it's a dirty little secret in this country i think we want to think about human trafficking as a world a third world issue mm-hmm. that it's happening in central america or southeast asia and some of these poorer countries and somehow these girls are being brought here by horrible people and there is some 
of that. There is international trafficking, but the trafficking that I that I am addressing in my neighborhood um, is is trafficking of of American kids, of mm. our kids, of mm-hmm. kids that look like you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, that so many of us just because we see a young girl selling her body, for example, on Sepulveda Boulevard and Van Owen. That's a really hot spot in my district and the community of Van Nuys. And so because we see a girl who might be brown or black, and we think, well, we, that's not our problem. We're just going to keep driving. But, you know, it's not until you stop and you realize that some of these girls are as young as 12 and 13 years old. Yeah. Where it is in someone's head is that normal? Right. That you're going to stop into communities like mine in the middle of the day or night and pick up a 13-year-old for sex. Where right. in, in the hell is that normal? And so a lot of these people, I like I don't call them traffickers. I call them pedophiles because mm-hmm. that's what they are. They're yeah. pedophiles and they're, um, they're people that we need to put away. But this issue of human trafficking isn't new. I've grown up in this area my entire life. And so growing up, I always knew we had hot spots for prostitution along Lancashire, San Fernando Road, um, in the communities of Sun Valley and North Hollywood, on Sepulveda, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Van Nuys. So I've always known. But a month after I got elected in 2013, the cops said to me, you want to come on and see what we do? You know, I don't really know a whole lot of cops. But I'm like, sure, what does that look like? like what is it that you do? Sure. Who are you arresting? And I stumbled upon... Um, again, girls that I've always known that have been on these corners, but at the end of, of that uh, ride along, about 3 o'clock in the morning when they pulled all these girls um, back to the station, I started to notice that these girls were really young. Mm-hmm. And I started to ask, well, what are you doing with these kids? Well, what do you mean kids? You mean with the prostitutes, the hookers? I go, well, first of all, how do you call a 13-year-old a hooker mm. or a whore or a prostitute? I mean, we were all 13-year-olds at once. I don't ever remember wanting to stand on the corner and sell my body someone's doing someone is threatening that girl to do mm-hmm. that it's a man who's who she's who's uh, has her under his control who has branded her with his pimp name on her body who has drugged her and beaten her so much that she's in in his submission and so I think I need I, I I had a really long conversation with um, LAPD leadership about how we needed to change the way we talked about these girls. They're not hookers. They're not someone's property. They're children, mm-hmm. and for that matter, they're victims. And someone's victimizing them. Who who are these people? And shouldn't we turn the table on these folks? And instead of arresting the women, shouldn't we go after the pimps? And how do we do that? Yeah. So it's been it's taken a while. It's not easy to change, um, you know, the uh, culture of a department. Um, and so it's taken a really, really long time. And it's also taken a long time to talk to neighbors. Right. No one wants to see a, a guy pick up a girl and and pull up on their in front of their driver in front of their house and have sex at 2 in the morning, right? right. I mean, nobody wants to see that, right? right. And you don't want to walk when you're uh, walking your kids to school. You also don't want to step on a used condom in front of your right. house. Right. So right. it becomes a quality of life issue, and I get it. I, I totally get it, and I understand. And some of these neighbors were up in arms because they just don't want these prostitutes in front of their house so it was also changing their way of thinking it's like this is not a victimless crime these children need some sort of um assistance and we need to put the bad by bad people away so it's taken a really long time for us to change the way the neighborhood feels about some of these folks and the way the department lapd in particular yeah um, you know takes on this issue and it wasn't it wasn't until just a few years ago that the law changed so that 
children who have been trafficked are considered trafficking victims because right. before they would be charged, right, right, for prostitution or solicitation. And so what ends up, that's a great point. So what ends up happening is um, these kids get arrested, they get sent to juvenile hall. And once in juvenile hall, they get they get prosecuted, and now you've got a record, right, for, for solicitation. And these kids end up in juvenile hall. And so a lot of these kids come out of the foster care system, which is another thing we don't talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are these children? Who yeah. do they belong to? And so we've had failed these kids. Along the way, someone took advantage of how their age and the fact that they don't, don't necessarily have a permanent home. And so they've taken advantage of these kids. And some of these kids have been passed around 12, 13 times from home to home to home to right. home. And so, yes, men take advantage of that. And so, yes, you have women recruiting other girls for the pimp. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening, I, I, I talked to the juvenile, um, some of the juvenile justices, um, judges, and I said to them, I said, so if you're putting them back into prison or into that prison pipeline, and after they do their time, what happens to them? Will they exactly. get back into the foster care system? And then what happens? Right. It's the same recruiting effort all mm-hmm. over again. It's cyclical. So you, they do their time. They go back to a group home or they go back to a foster home, which the pimps know where they're at. They yeah. go back, pick them up, and then they come back into the streets. So what we are doing isn't working. And so we've, we've challenged the foster care system and the city, um, the county district attorney's office that we need to look at the, this issue a lot different. Yeah. We need to train our social workers. We need to train society to be able to look at what the signs of a, of a victim is, what it looks like. Yeah. Trauma-informed approaches. Right. Correct. Um, I used to work at Peace Over Violence as an emergency response advocate, and we worked. I, I worked with a lot of young girls mm-hmm. at the SART Center after their SART exam, right, after they had been picked up or recovered um, or they sought out help. And it really was incredible to realize how for many of them, by the time they're 15, they've already had a very, very long, difficult life, right? right? And, you know, mentioning the age group that you mentioned, and that's the average age of entry is 12 to 14, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think it's really important that you bring it up because there's a common misconception that, you know... Um, you choose this life, right? And there may be adult women who do choose mm-hmm. to work as sex workers, but this is a completely different sort of issue. Right. And that's my point. When I talk to neighbors in, in particular, when they're like, well, these girls are out there. It doesn't, so like, it doesn't seem like they're, they, um, they're having a hard time with that. I said, well, if you're 13, 14 years old and you have no place to go or run away to and your parents have kicked you out or there's simply there isn't a guardian to look over you and that person's just trying to survive and eat every day, what is she supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And they're under the age of consent legally, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's all these different factors that tell us, well, no, this isn't right, you know? Yeah. I invite as many um, as people are, that are interested on the, in this issue, I invite them to come with me. Um, I formed a human trafficking task force, which I've um, advocated every year for the past three years for a million dollars. And it's and it goes through it just it goes through the the police department, but the whole purpose is we partner up with the nonprofits who are actually rescuing survivors off the street. And so now we're going to launch um, at the end of the we launched it already, but we're having a press conference this week in the uh, South Bureau because we've seen the number of of, of kids or women, I should say. Um, decrease in the valley because of our human trafficking task force, Mm -hmm. but they're going somewhere else. And I'm not naive to that. I know the problem will move somewhere else. And so we are partnering up with um, the uh, South Bureau and the local elected officials and community groups. Um, We've now established a human trafficking task force in the South Bureau as well, because those numbers are just, they're they're off the charts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got got 13-year-olds half naked at one o'clock in the afternoon 
walking around Western Avenue soliciting. And so we've seen the numbers move around. And so we're going to try to make an impact there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, earlier you you spoke about societal awareness and even just community awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing we wanted to ask you are, what are some red flags that we as community members can look out for, for identifying a human trafficked victim? Well, there's a couple of things. And I, I, like, I also like to talk to parents about being aware about who your kids are speaking to on social media. Social yeah. media has completely transformed the way we communicate with each other. But it's also become very dangerous for some of these young kids to be sort of lured into this world by some guy on the Internet. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or or another girlfriend that say, hey, come and meet this guy at the mall. Mm-hmm. And somehow they get um, there is some of that. Sometimes they get lured into it or get kidnapped and they fall into this world of human trafficking. But the human trafficking that I'm talking about um, and what I make my community aware of is please let us we do not ever 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 advocate you getting involved these pimps are are well-known gang members they are operating huge enterprises Mm -hmm. of of drug trafficking gun trafficking and human trafficking it's a one billion dollar industry in this country to traffic kids Mm -hmm. they have figured out that they make more money trafficking a young girl especially if you got four or five of them in your possession, than it is to sell drugs. And that's how the, the gangs are making their money. So we never ask the community to get involved. But it, it's not that difficult. If you see the same car circling your neighborhood over and over again, everyone's got a phone these days. Take Snap a picture. And we have a human trafficking task force in our area. Send it to the police department, and we'll be able to track, run those license plate numbers, and we probably would know if that guy is familiar with the area or if there's some sort of um, rap sheet on him. The other thing is taking pictures of the girls. Um, I would never recommend you walking up to one of these kids um, because someone is watching that girl 24-7. Even if they're standing by themselves or they might be standing uh, with another girl working that corner, there is a pimp either across the street in a motel room or in his car making sure that they're keeping an eye on, making sure she doesn't run away, making sure there isn't any cops around. Mm -hmm. So I never, ever advise that you walk into because a girl will probably just walk away from you, even though she's probably dying to tell you what's happening that's never it's never a good idea and we never want to put her in jeopardy you never want to give the pimp the impression that she's got some sort of relationship in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. because then that puts her in serious serious harm so what we try to do is sir if you see the same car in your neighborhood more than two times it's because he's working that corner with these kids and we want we want the license plate number and the make and model of the car Um, if you see the same girl um, usually we can take a picture and then connect her with um, one of our um, three organizations we work with, which is Journey Out, Saving Innocence, and CAST, the, the, the three known organizations that yeah. work directly with survivors. Um, and so what we do is we try to figure out if any of these organizations had ever seen her. And if they have, there's probably somebody that they're working with in the organization that can make contact with her whenever she's back on the street. So that's what we try to do. But we never get involved with asking her questions or confronting right. any of these guys because they're all armed and dangerous. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And, you know, I think also it's important to talk about all the different types of human trafficking that might exist. So right. sex trafficking is a big one, but even labor trafficking. Right. Right. Um, that's that's the same thing. I mean, you're under someone's control. A lot of them are working off um, their debt uh, to someone who brought them to this country. And that's usually, you know, these nail shops, these masha- this, these nail shops, massage parlors, the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. um, nannies. Mm-hmm. Right. You have yeah. a lot of, of it's sort of, they're become indentured servants and they're paying off the debt of how they got here. Some of them get lured under completely different um, 
circumstances, their, their promise X, Y, and Z, and they ended up in someone's house um, working seven days a week, taking care of kids and cleaning an entire mansion for little or no money right. with absolutely no um, connection to the outside world. That's labor trafficking. Absolutely. So many, so many important issues um, that you've brought to the Mm -hmm. podcast today. And we thank you so much for doing so. Do you have other um, initiatives, events, programs you'd like to talk about? I'm going to just, I'm going to make a a plug for my human trafficking, um, not the, uh, for the toiletry drive. So every, you know, unfortunately we have this month to, to increase awareness, but a couple of years ago, I started talking to some of the um, organizations, like, what are you in need of? Everyone's in need of money. And we, we actually need transitional housing to be able to house some of these kids after we rescue them off the street and we're working on that but you know what's really impactful and I've never thought about it is when we rescue a woman off the street she probably only comes with the with the um, clothes on her back Mm -hmm. so many of the things that we take for granted as women like your shampoo your conditioner Mm -hmm. the products you use for your care feminine hygiene projects a lot of these things these girls do not have right so what we try to do is we do a big drive you know shampoo makeup um, feminine hydrogen pro- products, pads, tampons in particular are very expensive. What we try to do is we collect all of this for about a month and then we equally distribute it to the three organizations and we restock all of their um, toiletries in their offices so that when a woman wants to come in, and they just want to talk. Yeah. They're, they're greeted with, hey, you can walk into our, 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 our pantry and pick out whatever you want. The other thing that makes a big difference is these gift cards to like Target, yes. Walgreens, and CVS. So handing a woman a, a gift card for $15 and saying, hey, just go buy your own stuff. If right. you don't see stuff here that you like or you've used before and you have a particular product you want, it's very empowering for a woman to be given, you know, in a form of, no, not cash, but in a form of cash gift card so she can walk in there and buy whatever. That's very empowering because usually it's a man who's buying all that stuff for her and mm-hmm. controls it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we do. And we, we're, our drive is until mid-February. Okay. So if you want to contact my office, you can drop off any of the, um, the toiletries either at City Hall or at my Sun Valley or Van Nuys office, or just simply call me and I'll get in touch with one of my staff and we can um, we can go pick them up from you. I have a lot of interest from some of the schools, believe it or not. Some good. of the girls That's that good. I've interacted yeah. with, some of these high school girls yeah. that want to sort of do their drive at school and they're, they're leading the way. We just had... Um, uh, a, an all-girls school yesterday showed up to City Hall with a U-Haul truck full wow. of, of, of feminine hygiene products. Yes. So, you know, like always, women are getting it done, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. if anything, we are the ones who take charge and we yeah. organize and yeah. so on. Right. So I was really proud of the fact that the, I met this young woman at an event and she said she wanted to help. And I didn't even have to ask her twice. She was already on it. You know, she put together her sophomore class at school and she got it done. And she has awesome. actually another truck that she's going to deliver full of products next week. Wow. So That's wonderful. Yeah, Marlboro, yeah. Mar- Marlboro All-Girls School oh in Los Angeles. I, I Did you go to, there? No, but I used to, I went to a private Catholic school and we used to run against them, compete against in them cross for cross country. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was the top school. They were number one and we were number two yeah, for cross country. I, I went there for the first time last year. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful campus. Yeah. Thank you very much for giving yeah. me your time. And I, mean, I hope your, your listeners can really take a, 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 a real look into this issue. Yeah. It, it really impacts women in particular. 
Uh, but even the, we have good men among us, many to step up yes. and say, we got to be, be we got to raise better men and mm-hmm. men got to get up and call their own I out. Mean, right. And it's yes. Supply and demand. Right. Correct. Right? Who's ma- paying? Who's driving mm-hmm. the sales? Yep. Who's and financing the billion dollar industry? Who's making the money? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times it's yeah. a, so we've got good, good men on our side. We need more. Yeah. We need men to talk to other men about how this is not. You're, a woman gave birth to you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you've got sisters, aunts, you know, f- w- women, girlfriends. We got to do the right thing. Yeah. Men need to step up and, and help us. Agreed. I mean, I actually have a few more questions, if that's okay. Ooh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So I wanted to congratulate you for um, being elected as city council president pro tempore. Yeah. Okay. I actually don't know what that means. <laughs> it's um, like vice president. I'm but vice president of the city council. I know that it's a big deal. I wanted deal. to ask you if you could explain what that role okay. means. So I was assistant pro temp um, when I first, um, for the last three years, maybe four. And uh, we had um, one of our colleagues moved on to the private sector, so he vacated his seat. So there was another election, basically, to be able to um, elect. I got appointed as assistant pro temp, but uh, president pro temp, you have to get elected by your colleagues. So there was uh, an election on January 15th, and it essentially is it's leadership. So it's the president of the city council, which is still uh, President Herb Wesson. Um, I'm essentially the vice president uh, of the city council. And then we have assistant pro temp, which is Joe Buscaina, who represents the harbor area, San Pedro. And so what it essentially is, we are the leadership of the council. And there has never been a Latina right. uh, in my position. So it is a lot. It, there is a lot of responsibility that comes along with it. It's, it's, of course, running the meeting, setting the agenda for the city council, making sure you're partnering with your colleagues and everyone's issues are being addressed. So there's a lot that, that goes into, you know, making sure that everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, it's it's setting the uh, the agenda for the city council, making sure all communities are represented. That's what's more important is making sure everyone's has a voice. So I'm very honored. It's 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 quite the um, uh, the uh, vote of confidence from from the council because I got a unanimous vote. And it's just Amazing. another way to elevate Latinas um, who want to enter the career of politics. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a rewarding experience. It's hard. And not everyone's cut out to do this. Sure. And I tell my, my, my women friends, listen, women are doing amazing things. Um, we're running our own businesses. We're teachers. We're we're running on profits. We're getting other men elected. We do a really good job about doing that. We're right. running their offices. There's no reason why we can't have more women on the city council. Women right. are doing amazing things across the city. The issue becomes is, you know, for some of us um, is, you know, are you, it's a cutthroat business. And so a lot of people don't want to have their laundry their, their dirty laundry, you know, being aired all over the place. And so I have a lot of respect for that. But also women have to take so much in, more into consideration. Some of us yeah. who have mom, who are moms, some of us who, um, you know, are married, we have to balance your whole home life um, between that and our careers. But that's for any career woman, right? It's like finding that right partner that's going to be able to support you to do that and mm-hmm. not feel insecure, right? Yeah. Like you're sort of taking the spotlight and, and making sure that we're, we're, we're also um, in partnership with someone who's going to be a partner in raising kids. I mean, I have one daughter. I've made a conscious decision to just have one and she's a handful. <laughs> she's 10 years old. But even that, figuring out when I'm going to have my kid, right? Figuring out what that looks like right. when I have to run around, you know, five days a week, um, between council meetings and community events, it does take away time from my family. And for women, that's another added responsibility. A lot of the men who run for office usually have someone taking care of all that at home. Sure. Yeah. 
so again, men do better. Do yeah, better. Right, what I'm so hearing. It, you know, it's just the way it is. And we're, and we're judged differently, right? Yeah. I mean, we're making such a big deal about red lipstick I and, and say, I've been do- I've been doing... Martinez, we have noticed... <laughs> We've noticed. ...your looks that you serve every single time. Every time. You are so stylish and Hair so fabulous. Thank Make you. Honestly, thank one of you. our favorite, Outfit favorite things point. about oh, you. Oh, well, thank you. You know what? I take a lot of pride about how I look. So and I we. think, you know, I, I, I love, Latinas do that, right? Yes. I mean, we, yes. we, we, we pay attention to fashion, but I get it from my mother. I think that, you know, I've been wearing red lipstick since I was in high school, probably so since junior we high. We attribute our, our style to, to our, our mothers mom. as right. well. Right. My mom always said, you wear a red lipstick when you leave the house. Te peinas, te bañas, and you make sure you look like right. My mom, yeah. Right. right? You Absolutely. say you look right. And so I just get it from my mom. Um, private colors are part of our culture, and I love um, to stand out that way. Um, I like a good makeup. I like good hair. I like big hair. Yeah. You know, you have and great so hair. Great. Thanks, thanks. I love your hair. Thanks. It, it, uh, there's not a whole lot that goes into it. I was just blessed with my mother's hair, I guess. Yes. But uh, I tell my daughter the same thing. I mean, we got to show up. I mean, because so many people are depending on us, but then so many people think we're going to fail, right? I mean, there's the, the expectations we put on ourselves is important. And we want to have the, the smarts, but we also want to have the looks. So we try to rock it every time we go to city council. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it makes a difference. It does. Yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah, show so up. if people are, you know, wanting to know more about you and your office, where can they follow you? Where can they find you? How well, can they, they learn they more? Can, they can uh, follow me on um, on Facebook. I'm very active on social media, you know, on uh, CD6 Nuri on Instagram. My, my Facebook page is just, just Google Nuri Martinez and you'll find me. The other thing I want to also promote or get a little plug in is for my uh, Ready for Women Fellowship. I think it's so important that if you want to enter the world of politics, you understand what it looks like. You know, it's mm-hmm. just it's not about coming into doing great interviews like, you know, I'm doing today. <laughs> sure. And it's fun, but it's also the policy work that comes along with it. You know, how do you become the best voice for your community, making sure those issues get addressed and yet your communities are not left out? Right. Because when we talk about budget, that's exactly what happens. It's like what communities are being left out, making sure we're fighting for our resources. And a lot of that happens inside the building. And so people need to understand how the building works. Um, mm. the politics behind passing really significant legislation. There's a lot of politics behind that as well, the deals that are made. And so I want to be able to create a fellowship to bring in some of those ladies to follow me, shadow my staff and myself, so you you yourself understand how this works. Mm-hmm. It's just not about the campaign. Once you get elected, that's only half of it. The other half is you need to show up and you need to you need to produce. And so I, what I try to do through the fellowship is, first of all, it's paid. Because um, I don't believe Great. everyone needs to get paid. Yeah, okay, everyone needs yes. to get paid. So I don't believe in, in, in free internships. I want people to get paid what they're worth. And so the the mentorship program is is geared towards um, college students or graduate women. And we select about three to four a year. And so we're gearing up right now. The selection process will begin in May. And so I want our our listeners to know that if you're a woman who wants to run for office, you already know that. I don't want you to think about it. You know this is what you want to do. Give me a call. Apply for a fellowship program. Come. Get, you have to get selected. Come work with us for the entire summer. Get paid. Nice. And then go back, finish your education, go back to your neighborhoods, and run for office. Yeah. Beautiful. That's amazing. All right. <clears throat> Creating opportunities. Nuri Martinez, thank you so much for being here. We thank really you, appreciated ladies. this conversation. Thank you very much. Yes. And as always, you can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and SoundCloud. And SoundCloud. Uh, visit our website, locatoraradio.com. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Visit us on Facebook. Until next time. Besitos. Besitos. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.